Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. And I hope you'll visit the website and give them a call. It's johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. Dr. George Markovich is an orthopedic surgeon. In fact, he's my orthopedic surgeon, replaced both of my knees in 2006. So we'll get a view from the trenches on what's happening on health care. And Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples, will be joining us as well. It is March the 10th, and on this day in 1876, now this is just 148 years ago, the first discernible speech was transmitted over a telephone system, which inventor Alexander Graham Bell summoned his assistant in another room by saying, Mr. Watson, come here, I want you. Uh, Bell had received a comprehensive telephone patent just three days before. Alexander Graham Bell was born in Edinburgh, Scotland in 1847, was the son of Alexander Melville Bell. A leading authority in public speaking and a speech correction, the young Bell was trained to take over the family business, and while still a teenager, he became a voice teacher and began to experiment in sound. In 1870, his family moved to Ontario, Canada, and in 1871, he went to Boston to demonstrate his father's method of teaching speech to the deaf. The fa uh, next year, he opened his own school in Boston for training teachers on the deaf and in 1873 became professor of vocal physiology at Boston University. In his free time, Bell experimented with sound waves and became convinced that it would be possible to transmit speech over a telegraph-like system. He enlisted the aid of a gifted mechanic, Thomas Watson, and together they two spent countless nights trying to convert Bell's idea into practical form. In 1875, while working on his multiple harmonic telegraph, Bell developed his basic idea for the telephone. He designed a device to transmit speech vibrations electrically between two receivers and in June 1875 tested his invention. No intelligible words were transmitted, but sounds resembling human speech were heard at the receiving end. On February the 14th, 1876, he filed a U.S. patent application for his telephone. Just a few hours later, Another American inventor, Elisha Gray, filed a caveat with the U.S. Patent Office about his intent to seek a similar patent on a telephone transmitter receiver. Bell filed first, so on March the 7th, he was awarded the U.S. Patent 1774465, which granted him ownership over both his telephone instruments and the concept of a telephone system. Three days later, on March the 10th, Bell successfully transmitted his telephone for the first time in his Boston home. In May, he publicly demonstrated the invention before the American Academy of Arts and Sciences in Boston, and in June at a centennial exposition in Philadelphia. In October, he successfully tested his telephone over a two-mile distance between Boston and Cambridgeport. Alexander Graham Bell continued his experiments in communication, inventing the photophone, which transmitted speech by light rays, and the graphophone, which recorded sound. He continued his work with the deaf, including the educator Helen Keller, and used the royalties from his inventions to finance several organizations dedicated to the oral education of the deaf. He was uh, served as president of the uh, National Geographic Society. Uh, he also, beginning in 1895, he experimented with the possibility of flight and built giant man-carrying kites in a hydrofoil craft, he died in 1922 at his summer home and laboratory on Cape Britain Island in Canada. Alexander Graham Bell, certainly living out the family destiny huh, and helping the deaf and uh, the transmission of speech. <clears throat> Interesting story. Well, Russian forces continue to take aim at civilians in uh, Ukraine. A Russian airstrike yesterday hit a maternity hospital in southern Ukraine. Officials say three people died and at least 17 people were injured, and the children were under the wreckage. This was happening at Mariupol, a, city, a port city linking Crimea with Russian-backed enclaves. 
For over a week, uh, this area has been suffering from a lack of access to food, water, and other basics. Humanitarian quarters were set up to help about 200,000 citizens evacuate, but they've failed to, uh, thanks to the Russian shelling. One city official said about 1,200 civilians have died since Russia invaded two weeks ago. And, uh, following the strike on the hospital, Ukrainian President uh, Zelensky called the world an accomplice ignoring, ignoring terror. Zelensky reiterated his calls for the West to establish a no-fly zone over Ukraine, a move that could prevent Russia aircrafts from launching attacks. But NATO said the potential fallout from that would be even more dangerous, destructive, and deadly. President Biden said uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin is growing more isolated as Ukrainian forces continue to put up a fight, but it comes at a cost of his own troops. The U.S. estimated between 2,000 and 4,000 Russian troops have been killed and that Putin could double down on his brutality in Ukraine. U.S. officials convinced Putin's invasion of Ukraine will fail. But even if it does happen, there are going to be 2 million refugees, hundreds of civilians killed, and some European countries are rethinking their security policies. It's really tragic that this is going on. <clears throat> scares me a lot that uh, Biden is at the helm and making decisions about this. Well, so what? which is it? Are the biological research labs in Ukraine or are they not? The Biden gang admitted to the existence of the biolabs on Tuesday uh, when they changed the story on Wednesday. Yesterday, Under Secretary of State for Political Affairs Victoria Newland admitted during a testimony before the U.S. Senate Committee the existence of biological research labs in Ukraine. In fact, I think uh, our senator from Florida... I asked the question, expecting her to say, no, we don't have any labs. Well, she said, yeah, we do have some labs. And uh, he was taken back by it and changed the topic pretty quick. But this afternoon, less than 24 hours later, while White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said the reports of biolabs in Ukraine were fake news propagated by Russia. Uh, no mention about uh, Newland and her role in this uh, perpetrating this fake news. But then Psaki said we should uh, be ready for Russia possibly using chemical weapons or biological weapons in Ukraine. Prasaki uh, sharply criticized Moscow's claim that the U.S. is building bioweapon labs in Ukraine as preposterous propaganda. What, are you going to believe them or are your lion eyes? <laughs> she, it's just unbelievable. She denied that the U.S. government produces or owns any biological weapons and said it's in full compliance with the Chemical Weapons Convention and Biological Weapons Convention. She pointed out Russia's own track record of allegations of using chemical and biological weapons against its enemies, adding it's Russia that has long maintained a biological weapons program in violation of international law. No mention about us find, uh, funding this kind of research in uh, China. Also, Russia has a track record of accusing the West of various violations that Russia itself is perpetrating. In December, Russia falsely accused the U.S. of deploying contractors with chemical weapons in Ukraine. Now, last night, Tucker Carlson uh, took the whole show, actually, and exposed the fact, fake fact-checking by the U.S. News. During his discussion on topic of the State Department released a lawyerly note unsolicited. In other words, the State Department put out a statement that said it was very carefully worded, so obviously they were dodging you know, and weaving uh, trying to uh, avoid the topic, they were trying to deny the topic that said, like, we don't own any labs. Well, it, the, the devil's in the details, so how the thing was worded probably was true, but uh, didn't address the real issue about whether we're participating in development of these weapons. So anyhow, uh, the Biden gang tells us not to believe what the Biden gang told us to believe only yesterday. It was really a clown show. I mean, what about Victoria Newland? She said they did have the biolabs in Ukraine. No, no mention about how how that fit into the equation. So that story continues. Well, I'm sure it'll be developing as we uh, as time goes on. Yesterday, uh, House Democrats passed a 1.5 trillion dollar omnibus spending bill after hours of delay and Democrat confusion, and they passed the omnibus bill, which will uh, be separated into two votes. It says. Uh, House uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi held the vote on spending after hours of delay and confusion. 
What's really concerning about all this is that it, it contains so much fat, so much pork, it's just really unbelievable. We'll say the, uh, the bill will provide Ukraine with over $13 billion in uh, humanitarian, economic, and military assistance. It contains many leftist woke and climate change carve-outs. The legislation includes a provision that expands diversity, equality, and inclusion in the Office of Director of National Intelligence. Now, that's important. The Omnibus Spending Bill funds border security for eight foreign nations, while including no funds to construct a border along the uh, United States-Mexico border. Uh, the bill would uh, spend over $100 billion on Green New Deal initiatives and advance racial justice through the Department of Agriculture programs. I'm not kidding. It really, <laughs> I'm not making this up. The bill also contains $100, billion, $100 million for environmental justice activities at the Environmental Protection Agency and $75 million for low or zero emission vehicles, $26 billion in food stamp funding, this is the first spending bill to include earmarks, no uh, protections for Chinese espionage and grants to National Science Foundation, increases the National Institutes of Health funding by 10% because they've done such a great job, provides $66 million for the racial and ethnic approaches to community health, an increase of $8 million from last year. It's just unbelievable stuff. Representative Alan Biggs, I think, put it best. He, he said he voted against the omnibus bill, saying in a statement uh, yesterday, this bill would exacerbate our out-of-control spending. At a time when the national debt has surpassed $30 trillion, Congress cannot continue the cycle of reckless spending. This bill would dramatically increase the deficit, leaving a massive bill for our children to pay. He's absolutely right. Six months ago in our fiscal year, Nancy Pelosi released a 2,700-page bill in the middle of the night and gave members less than 24 hours to read it. He added, Congress must fund the government in a responsible and appropriate manner by returning to regular order and going through the committee process. The bill moves now to the Senate where it must be passed before Friday to avert a government shutdown. Unbelievable. This is actually how we, how we make law and... <laughs> and policy here in the United States. All this government pork, it's just unbelievable they continue to spend this way. We'll see what happens in the Senate. As the gasoline prices increase and inflation reaches the highest level in four decades, times are becoming much harder for the average consumer, experiencing a persistent rise in the prices of many goods and services. Steeper gas and food prices have forced millions of people to rejigger household budgets. The latest note from, this is from Yardeni Research, estimates the average household will spend an additional $2,000 per year in gasoline on top of an extra $1,000 a year in food expenses. Adding all this up, that's a typical household will spend $3,000 a year uh, more on uh, this year than on they did last year. We, you know, how are they going to afford it? They, they can't. Lots of adjustments and changes will be happening in American households. Sad indeed. Of course, uh, the uh, Biden administration says this is all the fault of uh, Putin. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I think it falls right in the shoulders of what's happening in the Fed and the Biden administration. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples. Be in, uh, be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples magazine. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to visit with Keith Law, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. 
What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252 252- 4541 Welcome back to the Bob Harton show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new refreshing social networking platform and you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Keith Flaw. Keith is the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance, terrific organization. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, we're a grassroots coalition uh, here in Florida of well over 100 uh, grassroots groups. Um, we focus on K through 12 education. Uh, to us, that means strong advocates, advocacy for uh, school parental choice. And uh, of course, we're working hard to get rid of the indoctrination that's in our schools. Doing a great job and uh, having great traction, great credibility in Tallahassee with the governor and with the legislature. Just appreciate the work that you're doing to improve education, public education here in Florida. Uh, a big event last night. Uh, how did it go? Uh, well, it went very, very well. It was a huge event. Uh, for your listeners who might not be aware, we uh, at the Ritz-Tiburon uh, Resort last night, we had uh, Charlie Kirk, Dennis Prager, and uh Seth Billen from the Babylon Bee. Uh, we had 515 people. Wow. Um, 50, uh, about, about 53 tables. So it was an amazing event. Uh, all three of them. Uh, I don't know how if your listeners know uh, much about the Babylon Bee, but I encourage them to listen. He's a, He does satire. Yeah. And uh, he was really funny last night. And it put, a, it put an interesting tone. He kicked off our event. Um, before we had the two, uh, you know, Charlie Kirk and Dennis Prager. And it really was an interesting uh, tone setting uh, because it adds humor to the equation. But Charlie and Dennis did a great job. Um, the way we did that was interesting, too. We gave them uh, 15 or 20 minutes uh, to speak. And then we did our auction and, and uh, we did our auction. And then we followed it up and closed it with a conversation between the two of them. Not a panel. There's huh. nobody to lead it. The two of them just sat and, and, and talked about education and what's going on in our country uh, relative to education. And it was just a back and forth between the two of them, which was kind of, it was pretty interesting. Well, that's great. I'm just happy to hear. I could hear, hear the uh, smile in your voice. Uh, I'm sure it was successful uh, financially as well. So congratulations to you. I mean, it's a, it's a big deal because the work that you do, of course, requires money. And even though you don't take a salary and uh, the other principals in the organization, Pastor Rick, 
uh, are, are working at this on your own dime. It's just, it takes money, and I'm so glad it was successful. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're winding down the last few days of the legislative session, uh, and I know that you've got a lot of good things pending. Uh, anything going on? Yeah, there's two major bills uh, on, that are be on the floor uh, in the respective chambers. Um, a- actually, I just checked this morning, and uh, the uh, it's called student uh, assessments and accountability. Actually, passed uh, the House yesterday. It passed the Senate previously, and uh, so it's headed to the governor. And what it does, really simply, is it gets rid of uh, Florida's uh, Common Core-based FSA testing. Uh, for all kids, and it it moves to a, uh, a a totally new concept, which is progress monitoring. And the thought there is uh, every teacher will be able to three times a year, the beginning, the middle, and the end, to to start with a pro- where the students is in, in a particular class, yeah. and then monitor it throughout. So it's a it's a, a really a monumental change. It is a monu- It's a big deal because uh, before, I mean, it was inf- interesting to find out that 58% of the kids can read at grade level, for example, but that doesn't necessarily express the uh, job that the teacher's doing in terms of improving it. It could have been, you know, it may be a lot better as a result of the efforts, even though it's not up to par. So uh, measuring it by the child, I think, is a great way to do it. Yeah, I do too. Um, the, the other major bill that's on the... Uh, on the table, and that's actually in the Senate. Uh, the, last week, the, the Florida House uh, passed the Individual Freedom Act, uh, and it's now uh, in third read on the Senate floor today. Uh, so I expect it to pass today, if not tomorrow. Tomorrow, sine die. It's the end of the, the session for now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that's a huge bill. In individual freedom. It's uh, uh, it focuses on discrimination, anti-discrimination, and it really is what I call the critical race theory. Uh, it prohibits critical race theory. Yeah. But it also does one other thing really interesting. In, in Florida law, uh, over the years, they've added to the concept of uh, discrimination the term gender. Well, this bill strikes all of that and puts it back where it belongs, in my opinion, identifying sex, not gender, as the, uh, which brings us back to the biological base between the, you know, between the two, two sexes. Yeah, it kind of cancels the uh, gender spectrum, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But it's, like I said, it's already passed one chamber. And it's, uh, I expect it to pass the other chamber today, or if not tomorrow. Yeah. The, the the final point I'd make on the session, I'm here. I'm beginning to hear uh, some sounds that uh, there will be a special session. Oh. Uh, the um, legislature has two finance, <coughs> uh, you know, finance responsibilities, and that's a balanced budget. And because it's the census year, they have to agree on the district maps. Yeah. And uh, to my knowledge, I tried to check this morning see if there's any progress. And I don't see any. Um, the, 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 the Republican House and Senate have put forth a weak uh, bill on uh, redistricting. Mm-hmm. That actually, I'm told, it gives a couple districts um, adva- uh, a definite advantage to the Democrats, and it uh, does the same for a couple of uh, Florida House seats. The governor said, no, no, we're not going to go that way, and he's put forth his own maps, and uh, the Senate President uh, Simpson and Sproul's speaker um, are fighting him on that. So if they can't agree today or tomorrow, then uh, they're very. Yeah, I expect there will be a special session um, to, for, to you know force that to a decision. Wow, that's so interesting. I, I I would have imagined it would go to court. In other words, go to the Supreme Court or go to uh, to be uh, finalized. Uh, but uh, he's gonna he's gonna it's gonna have to be hammered out by the legislature. That's so interesting. Yeah. Well, the legislature has to take a position. The governor has to uh, as well. But, it, it, you know, once once they have something they can agree on, then, uh, you know, uh, 10 years ago, if you remember, uh, the legal women voters challenged that and did go to the Supreme Court. Right. But they have they have to have something settled between them for for, for that to take place. Gotcha. Again, uh, I encourage our listeners to go to the website, uh, 
goflca.com goflca.com just very rich with all kinds of information about education public education in florida and make a contribution it's a great organization keith always appreciate your com uh, com uh commentary here on the show thank you so much for joining us sure have a great weekend Bob. you as well thank you all right coming up going to visit with seaton Motley, the founder and president of less government we're going to do that and more right here in the bob harden show on the bob harden broadcasting network Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer with chronic pain and discomfort? After back surgery, I had painful tendons and muscles and difficulty standing upright. On a referral, I visited Dr. Alec at I Am Designed to Heal, Naples Only Vitality and Longevity Practice, where acupuncture, Medical massage, energy healing, and integrative holistic medicine are harmonized to create a one-of-a-kind, restorative experience. After only two visits, my pain began to dissipate and I could stand and walk more upright. It was amazing. I plan to continue my treatments to enhance my sense of well-being. Don't suffer needlessly with discomfort and pain. Improve your quality of life. See for yourself and make an appointment by visiting the website IamDesignedToHeal.com. That's IamDesignedToHeal.com, or you can call or text Dr. Alec at 239-322-3817. That's 322-3817. Visit IamDesignedToHeal.com for an amazing, one-of-a-kind, restorative experience. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best, I understand, 39 Steps is running right now. It is hilarious, and it's running through Sunday. So if you could get tickets, I encourage you to do so. Uh, you can visit the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Dr. George Markovich. Right now we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and Almost no one in D.C. does. No, you're absolutely right. It's so discouraging. $1.5 trillion spending bill. You can't. You could take 90% of the crap and just tear it right out of there, and we'd be better off. It's just yeah, unbelievable. Well, 90% of it at least is unconstitutional per the Constitution, but uh, yeah. they don't care about that anymore. I'm reminded many, many years ago during the Obamacare debate when a reporter asked Nancy Pelosi, where in the Constitution is the government empowered to do anything about medicine? And she goes, you're joking, right? You're joking. <laughs> that was her response to the constitutional question. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, the $1.5 trillion is, is absurd. It's, we haven't gone through the budgetary process since, I believe, 1997. I think that's right. Yeah. Where you pass 13 appropriation bills and reconcile them with both houses and pass them together and... The president signs all 13. No, we've been we've been under continuing resolution now for almost 30 years. And what happens is, of course, every time they do a CR, it's this kid. You know, this is last year's spending plus five percent. This is last year's spending plus seven percent. And that happens every time there's a CR. And another ugly fact is the trillion dollar stimulus. Obama passed way back in 2009 is not just a 2009 stimulus. It's been built into the CR 
every year ever since. Unbelievable. And that's how you end up with $30 trillion in debt. Well, there's even more absurdity going on in Capitol Hill, and you wrote a column about it. It's D.C. destroys the economy, then bans loans for poor people, which is just so absurd. Maybe you can tell us about it. And, of course, they'll say they're not banning loans for poor people, but anyone with a basic grasp of economics realizes they're banning uh, loans for poor people. Right. Um, let's go back to Dodd-Frank. Dodd-Frank was passed allegedly to address the too-big-to-fail bank problem. But, of course, it did the exact opposite, because it's D.C., it did the exact opposite of what it was in allegedly intended to do. I'd say it was intended to do this. Big banks got bigger, 80% uh, bigger in some instances, and thousands and thousands of small community banks disappeared, went out of business, because they couldn't afford to deal with the regulations. Only Wells Fargo and Citibank could. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as these, as these small banks went out of business, they were either acquired or their market share was acquired by these big banks. So, so the, the, these small banks were the only ones that lent to poor people. You know, the, the big banks aren't going to – they're dealing – they're doing deals on Wall Street. They're not going to lend to some poor person. So, you know, the economy abhors a vacuum, so – to fill the void needed by people, poor people who needed, you know, loans, sometimes very short term. The, the small banks did that all the time, little lines of credit and, and small loans. And to fill that void became, became the payday lenders. Mm -hmm. And just as the name suggests, if your car breaks down on Tuesday and you don't get paid till Friday, but you need to keep getting to work, you take a payday loan for 72 hours and fix your car. And then you pay it back at the end of the uh, when you get your paycheck. Um, and by the way, and by the way, uh, Seaton, it's it's not like you're paying uh, forty percent of of what you borrowed in interest. What happens is, yeah, maybe it's at thirty five percent, but it ends up just being a few dollars because it's a few days that you borrowed the money. Three, it's a three day loan, right? Yes. And you know what, what the what the demagogues do is they wave the percentage at you. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, annual percentage rate. Okay, 365 days versus three days. That's not very much money. Yep. It's a big percentage, but it's not very much money. And I'd like to add that my credit score is over 800, and all my credit cards are over 20% interest. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like they're the paragons of uh, interest virtue. Right. Um, and so... So the payday lenders have filled in, and I think the number was 20 million people availed themselves of payday loans in 2021. Wow. And this is a very successful, very popular thing because these, these people have very low incomes, which means they probably have low credit scores, which means the big banks won't touch them with a 10-foot pen. So they go to the payday lenders. Well, now after having killed the first you know, lenders for four people are now looking to kill the second ones with a cap on the interest uh, payday lenders can can uh, charge. Yeah. Now, remember, these are very risky loans, even though they're short term for the lender. Yeah. These are very poor people with very poor credit scores. They, they're not going to get a lot of their money paid back. So they have to balance it out with a higher interest rate. Right. And again, I say... If I'm paying 26% or 21%, like, I get, my main credit card is the 2% cash back. I'm way over 20% on credit score. Right. So, you know, I guess they're trying to bring the payday lender rate down to the bank. But what they're doing is they're just destroying the line of credit for poor people. Is what and, of course, no one's going to lend money anymore. That's, I mean, yeah. we see, you know, this is economics 101. Yeah. We capped gas prices in the 1970s. How'd that go? Yeah, I know. Seat Motley, and, again, and the... Uh, you cap the price of, you're destroying the the the, the, the item. Unbelievable. Seat Motley, again, the, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit the very robust website, lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seaton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, sir. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, Dr. George Markovich. Dr. Markovich is an orthopedic surgeon. He's also my 
He is my orthopedic surgeon. He replaced both of my knees in 2006. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. School Choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America and is now supported by three out of four voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, classical academies, and other schools of excellence serving kindergarten through 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. A terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy opened this fall in a classical virtual school. Optima Classical Academy will open in 2022. Find out more by visiting OptimaEd.org. Help children in Florida optimize their education opportunities. Visit www.OptimaEd.org. Bob, I'll see you Sunday, by the way. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Dr. George Markovich, my orthopedic surgeon. He replaced both of my knees in 2006. In May of 2006 it was. I'm so grateful for what he did for me and how much he expanded my ability to do things, to uh, be mobile, uh, to get rid of my deformity because of my bow legs <laughs> and so many other things. Dr. Markovich, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Bob. Good morning. Good morning, Dr. Markovich. So I, I wanted to speak to you about uh, what's happening kind of in the trenches with regard to health care. And uh, uh, there's a phenomenon going on, a lack of trust, I think, for a lot of government institutions, but also they think there's a... A developing lack of trust or a developed lack of trust during this pandemic uh, for health care and uh, attending physicians and hospitals and uh, the CDC. I would love to get your comments on that. Well, there's a lack of trust because uh, we've had government officials from the top down lie to us. And uh, the medical profession has forgot its role in terms of putting patients first, doing no harm, mm -hmm. and doing their best to solve problems. So the people that adhere to those principles and that put their priorities where they belong do not have uh, an issue with trust because they've always been trustworthy and they always will be trustworthy. The ones that lie, obfuscate, and change their stories depending on whatever whims are going on or the ones that have a credibility gap, it's created huge problems, not only in medicine, but in society at large. There's no question about it. And I see Dr. Malone, uh, who I see people who are speaking out and uh, speaking truth to power in many cases are uh, being censored, uh, losing their voice, losing, in some cases, medical licenses. And uh, uh, it's just, it's... Uh, 
it's just really a shame to see what's going on. And it makes you wonder in that environment how doctors really can be doing no harm <laughs> when you see things that are happening. And for example, uh, people going into hospitals and not getting ivermectin and not getting some of the other therapies that we know have uh, our uh, work against, uh, for example, uh, the uh, virus. Right. COVID confused everything because even from its origins to the initial treatments to what became, uh, you know, a uh, travesty in terms of public health, um, the basic principles were lost. You had people like Fauci, uh, who used to say things that made sense and all of a sudden did not say Mm -hmm. things that made sense and started questioning anybody that... uh, you know, voiced uh, a, a doubt in terms of what he was saying, as he was the only arbiter of science. Uh, you know, when you have a person like that <clears throat> that uh, achieves a leadership role and uh, creates a path to obfuscation and uh, mistrust, <clears throat> that sets the tone for a lot of things, Bob. And and people should be held accountable. Uh, there's a cancer cancel culture going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, you know, we'll survive. Uh, I think that people need to realize what makes sense and what doesn't. And they do. You know, people have common sense. And we've got to get rid of this leadership. This is the worst leadership that this country has ever had. And it's leading to big worldwide problems, as we're seeing play out um, in Ukraine. It's not going to be, you know, the first war. It's not going to be the last war. But <clears throat> Russia having a border there... Uh, and establishing supply lines, which is what a prolonged war is all about. Um, we are playing defense, and that's not going to end well. Um, and so it, it's probably not worth, in terms of our interest, starting World War III. However, um, that will resolve. People will be placated. What we really need to do is reestablish our principles and uh, set out a plan that makes sense. And we will move on. Yeah, Um, My problem is that my patients can't get to their primary care doctors for three months. Uh, They put off, uh, you know, treatment for cancer and other things that needed attention but weren't being paid attention to because of a mild respiratory virus in in the vast majority of cases. Uh, People, you know, scaring them and affecting their mental health and creating issues that really didn't need to be there. Uh, because they wanted social control. And so, you know, there's a lot of things going on, obviously. Um, But again, as I said before, if you have trusted people in your life and you can have them meet with you, look you in the eye, and reach a good understanding of of how things should be, uh, life will continue and we will be better off than we were. Absolutely. I I appreciate those comments, but getting back back to basic principles is just so key right now. I'm reminded that uh, when I was going through my problem with my knees, uh, for example, I I, forget my keys and I just say I don't have the energy to walk back and get, you know, it was was that bad and it got to the point where I couldn't sleep at night because I couldn't find a position to get comfortable. Uh, I said, uh, Doc, I, I think it's time. Because you t- you helped me over the course of two years to manage my pain until I was ready to say, you know, I really need to do something. I need to uh, take the big step and replace my knees. And uh, you helped me through that process, for which I'm everlastingly grateful. Well, I appreciate that. And, and that's what we do. I mean, people uh, need guidance. And, and my job is to give them options. And they choose what they want. You know, you don't go to a restaurant and have somebody say, you need to have this, and that's all you're going to get. And if I feel like giving you less, then that's my prerogative because I own this restaurant, I'm the government, I'm, you know, fill in the blank. That's just not how a free society should work. So, you know, uh, we are very good at at managing disease and and helping people. Uh, We've established a culture over 30 years in doing it. And it's a pleasure to be able to do that. It's an honor, actually. Um, And that is first and foremost in my mind every minute of every day. All this other stuff, you know, it'll it'll work itself out. So you never received any pressure or anything from uh, government officials or uh, entities or hospitals to, you know, do things a different way than you really wanted to? Oh, 
no, there was. Uh, you know, for for three months we stopped uh, elective surgeries uh, back in the throngs of this pandemic. Yeah. Um, and we still are pressured. I mean, we get pressure for from insurance companies every day, mm. uh, trying to drive the care. And we have four full time people that all they do every day is fight with the insurance companies, uh, because their goal is to save money and and create a a war of attrition where people just say, ah, whatever, I pay all these premiums, but I'm not going to get what I want, and that's just the way it is. No, that should not be the way it is. Uh, People need care. Uh, They need to have a quality of life. They need to be uh, without pain so that they can enjoy uh, life's wonderful blessings. And, uh, you know, it, it started, I think, uh, you know, under Obamacare and some of the things that have been pushing in this direction. And, uh, you know, our, again, our leadership hasn't been very good, even no. in the House of Medicine, in terms of, <clears throat> you know, uh, standing up for principles. Um, but I'm the eternal optimist. Um, I fight uh, those kind of directions. Uh, I do what's best for my patients. Uh, I get on peer reviews and I talk to reasonable people and I get things done. Yeah. Uh, that's just the way it is and that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, no, I'd like to remind our listeners, uh, if if you're experiencing uh, pain, joint pain, uh, call Dr. Markovich. He just does a great job and I, I, he took great care of me. He'll take good care of you too. You can call 482-5399. That's 239-482-5399. Doctor, I always appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Bob. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Doctor. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Bill Barnett. By the way, reminded that Bill Barnett is the former mayor of Naples. I'm reminded that yesterday I had our board meeting for the Foundation for Government Accountability. And what we do is we create roadmaps for legislators in order to be pass to create and to pass successful legislation that will make an important difference in terms of uh, individual liberty, conservative values, and so forth. And it's just, it's really terrific. I'm just really encouraged to see all the victories that we've experienced. And I hope you'll visit the Foundation for Government Accountability uh, policies and programs to get able-bodied Uh, folks off of welfare and back to work. And that's just one of the initiatives. There's so many in terms of health care and other things. You know, most guys, when they go into government, they get elected into uh, public office. They they don't know exactly. In fact, we don't right now in the Republican Party, you ask uh, somebody who's there, what's your agenda for the coming upcoming legislative session? You get a blank stare. They don't they don't have one, and uh, that's a shame. So uh, that's one of the things that we help people to do. Uh, uh, go FL, go, excuse me, thefga.org is the website, thefga.org. Okay, coming up, we're going to visit with uh, Dr. I'm sorry, visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor.
Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you by Lulu Bee's Diner. Just a terrific place to have breakfast and now great outdoor dining. I encourage you to go to Lulu Bee's. It's right there in the Green Tree Shopping Center. Great place to have breakfast or lunch. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Well, Thanks, Bob. I always enjoy uh, joining you on Thursdays. I enjoy having you on the show on Thursday as well, Bill. And, uh, you know, just a couple of things. We're seeing what's happening. Yeah, just to get your general thoughts. So we've got this war in Ukraine. We've got inflation running rapid right now. Uh, any thoughts? Yeah, well, you know, I, I, was, I was talking to Chris before. We were talking about all these people that are complaining down here you know that that, that that they don't like this and they don't like that and the biggest complainers are the ones that have been here for two years <laughs> you know uh and and you know we say that we say the same thing it's like well gosh guys if you're not happy and you move down here um maybe you gotta look elsewhere um but you made an interesting remark about you feel that people are going to just stay longer huh I do. I mean, uh, if you take a look at what's going off, uh, going on in other places, first of all, if you live in California, you don't talk in terms of how many miles you have to drive to get someplace. You talk about how much time it takes to get there. Here in uh, the, the Paradise Coast, I mean, the, we complain sometimes because we're backed up for a couple of stoplights. But my goodness, the traffic here is so tame by comparison to other parts of the country. In Washington, D.C., the Beltway, in Philadelphia, no matter what major uh, metropolitan outlook you have, this these gas prices are going to just bankrupt young people, especially people who are living paycheck to paycheck. Well, and 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 take it even a, a step further. What about the workers that travel down from Cape Coral every morning? Yeah, good point. Uh, I mean, you know, it's um, it's it's craziness. And then, you know, when you get to the when we talk about Ukraine and everything, and where everybody's watching, you know, the plane the plane issue is is a, is a real stickler um you know we um they want us to get to get involved and i i can understand not because we've said no we're not going to mm-hmm. but there's got to be an alternate way to get those planes uh, into ukraine i i just i don't have any answers to it but um it's just a, it's just a nasty game it seems like the, no matter what he's going to threaten he's going to threaten um uh and with NATO and everything else, I, I think we could be stronger. I just do. Yeah, no. I, well, you have this fog of war. It's very confusing. It's hard to get straight facts on what's going on. Most disturbing thing that came out yesterday, Marco Rubio asked a pretty, uh, he was in a subcommittee meeting, asking Victoria Newland, the Undersecretary of State for the United States, to ask, well, are there bio labs in uh, Ukraine? And uh, he expected her to say, no, of course we don't have biolabs. Well, she said, uh, yeah, we do. <laughs> oh, yeah. And well, uh, all of a sudden now that, that banana has been peeled and uh, it's yeah. creating all kinds of controversy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know, Bob. I, I think the thing that bothers me and everybody else and you and is is the, the, the women and children and, you know, just getting 
just getting slaughtered uh, for civilians. I mean, they set up this thing where they had free passageway or, you know, open passageways to to get out a way to get out. And then they attack them. I mean, yeah, you, you can't get any lower than that. No, you can't. I mean, you're right. I mean, the, the, they're supposed to be corridors that allow safe passage for. And can you imagine 1.5 million refugees uh, going yeah. into uh, other places? Now, the Russia says, well, you know, those passages should lead to Russia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All passages lead to Russia. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just. It's just it's it's very sad to see. And, um, you know, but then again, you switch the coin and uh, you, you turn the key and here you are in Naples, Florida. Yeah. And uh, we talk about our economy here. I still see, you know, houses selling um, at top rate. Uh, I think you're right that people are just moving from other places uh, in the northeast um, and uh they're buying and they're staying. Yeah, and it's it's just it's, it's not just the pandemic. Of course, it's crime. There's so many right. issues right now that are affecting people, and people are look. You know what people want is a place where I I want to be safe. I want my property to be safe. I want to be able to have good relationships with others, to love my family, and uh, you don't need the distraction of wondering if some guys are going to come along on the street and hit you in the back of the head with a billy club. <laughs> Well, with a cane that was uh you know looked at post this morning guys sitting on a stoop and some but he comes by with a cane and and wants money from him and hits a hits a guy was 94 years old and oh. hits him in the head with a cane i mean you know you you just kind of uh roll your eyes but here in you know in naples where um people are coming in and let's you and i will see what happens this summer if um uh if we do get um, if, if everybody does go home or, or Linda has to be my car car carrier spotter, let's, yeah, yeah. let's find out when she sees some car carriers. Yeah. Well, I don't, I think we're going to see fewer of them. And I think people are going to stay down here longer. I'll tell you this, the restaurants are packed right now. Have you tried, oh, to, <laughs> tried yeah. to get into a restaurant? Yeah. I heard about your story, uh, Blue Provence, but we had the same thing with the Bay House a couple of weeks ago. We ended, ended up eating at 4.45. It's like, holy mackerel. I, you know, 4.45, I'm hungry again at 9 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Although last night we had a, a wonderful event, and we, we went to the Capitol Grill for a dinner yeah. for the board for uh, the Foundation for Government Accountability. It was very, you know, Capitol Grill is really kind of special they do a nice job well it is special and it's one of those ones that you would go for for that special occasion uh you don't think about it weekly but if there's an anniversary or a time when you really want great service and a great great meal that you know that's that's the answer mm -hmm. so but uh like you say we'll see if they stay or they don't but i think you're probably right they'll stay longer yeah so any good scoop in the city well other than they had the hospital um uh, they had the they had a special meeting where the hospital was presenting, um, and uh, uh, it it went around in circles. Uh, uh, Ms. Terry Hutchison, Council Member Terry Hutchison, was asking these ridiculous questions uh, of of numbers that he he wanted, uh, which nobody would bring to a meeting anyway. If you want them, you know, if you know what you want. Um, prior to a meeting or whatever, um, let somebody know yeah. um, and they could have them. But it seems like every time the hospital comes up with something, they gave a nice presentation and everything, the council throws back, uh, you know, uh, 500 questions at them. Well, uh, come back when you can answer these. And I guarantee you when they come back and they, with the answers to what they ask, they'll have more questions. I just, I just don't get it, Bob. Yeah, is this I, around I the? You, is I this around the do new? Do not get it. Here, we want this hospital in our backyard, and um, it's not like they even went down to Florida. It's not. It's not like uh, we're going to ruin a neighborhood. You right. know, that is a hospital zone. Yeah, and this is so, this is about the new heart. Uh, uh, yeah, the new heart institute. Right, exactly. State of the art. Um, they have some some doctors that are. Uh, top ranked in the nation that are going to be taking over there or, or running it um, or supervising it. And um, I mean, I'm going to watch what's going to happen and I guarantee you they'll end up going north. I mean, you know, North Naples or whatever. Yeah, so sad. Well, Bill Barnett, again, our former mayor of Naples, arguably the best mayor Naples ever had. 
Bill, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate your remarks, and I'll speak to you next week. Looking forward to it. Thank you, Bill. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got uh, great guests lined up for tomorrow. We're going to visit with William Yateman, Research Fellow at the Cato Institute. We'll be talking about what's happening on Capitol Hill. Larry Bell is an endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture and author of many, many books. It's so interesting. We'll be talking about his latest, latest column in Newsmax. Marina Berkovich, uh, born in Ukraine and raised in Ukraine in Soviet Russia, she came to the United States and is so grateful to be here as a United States citizen, but she'll give us some great commentary and insight in what's happening in Ukraine. And Michael Cannon is the Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. We'll get his reflections and thoughts on what's happening in healthcare here in the United States. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. BobHarden at Hotmail.com. I hope you make it a terrific day here on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. Dot com.